Good morning. Welcome, welcome, welcome this morning. So glad that you are here. Uh, I am Chris, and I'm the campus pastor here, Milestone McKinney. And uh, we are one church, multiple campuses. And uh, as Alex said, we have our main campus in Keller, where our lead pastor, Pastor Jeff, is at our Hazlitt campus, and then you're here with us right here in McKinney. We're thrilled that you are, so honored that you joined us. And again, as, as he said, every uh, single weekend is someone's first time. And so we are so uh, honored that if this is your first time, you're here today. Uh, we're grateful that you joined us. If I hadn't had an opportunity to meet you, I look forward uh, to meeting you after service. So thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we're kicking off our series called Seeds. And Really, I kind of feel like this started last week. If you were here last week, we talked about our word for the year. We talked about uh, what our heart is for you, what my heart is for you as a church is really to grow. And so we kind of almost, I mean, we're kicking it off today, but I really feel like we started last week talking about growing, what that looks like. Uh, and then we had three nights of prayer and fasting and prepare this week. This, uh, this year was just incredible. It was amazing to see, hear the stories of all that God did. Um, the messages were on time, uh, just so uh, to the point. It was just such an impactful time. Grateful for all those who helped make Prepare possible. The worship team that was up here all week long, uh, those that were serving and on our serve team and hosting. It was just amazing. And what I love the most about Prepare, though, sometimes, not, well, really not sometimes, really it's all the time, we should be honest, is like the individual stories. I love hearing the stories of life change. I love hearing the stories of people that stepped out in faith and and really uh, it was their first time to be a part of prepare or even their first time uh, to to fast and to pray and I, I think of Jake and Maddie Jake and Maddie uh, like many were just looking for spiritual family they were uh, looking for a church and then COVID hit and uh, they were watching online like so many people and I think it was sometime in early fall in early fall, they, they said, you know what, we're going to try out Milestone Church. They came. They've been coming ever since. They came to prepare. Uh, and Jake was telling me they had never fasted before, neither of them. And not only did they fast, they were here early at 6 o'clock, pre-service prayer. There's time within uh, that time where we'll kind of read a psalm and pray the psalm. And so God just put on his heart to grab his Bible. He read a psalm, prayed. I mean, he was like, I'm all in. Like, we're going to fast. I'm going to pray. I'm going to show up early for prayer. I'm going to read a psalm. I don't even know what I'm doing, but I'm just going to pray. All right, let's go. And, and here's what he told me. He said, we just felt like God was asking us this year to actually grow. That's what we felt like God had put on our heart. And then we come to prepare. It's all about growing. The word for us this year is all about growing. And so we knew it was like God met us every night and just spoke specifically to us. And they said, we're so excited about uh, getting involved, being a part of Milestone and, and spiritual family. We're excited about growing there. We're excited about growing in our marriage. But he said this, we're most excited about growing in our relationship with Jesus. And so it's, it's, it's moments like that, it's stories like that. I think of uh, Sean and Courtney and their family. And Sean, Courtney, again, just looking for spiritual family, looking to get connected, uh, you know, looking to be a part. And actually, you know, it's interesting is they weren't necessarily looking for a church. They came and visited uh, one morning, and, uh, and, and he had told me they, they both kind of got in the car afterwards, and they just kind of looked at each other like, 
I'm all in if you're all in. And sure enough, ever since then, they've been all in. It's been amazing to see uh, Courtney being a part of our, our women's nights and things of that nature. And then Prepare was coming along, and we were talking about it. And he's like, well, what are you doing, Pastor Chris? So I told him what I was doing. And he's like, well, then that's what I'm going to do. I was like, bro, you don't even know what you're He's like, I don't care. You know, he's kind of, he'd been just, God, I, he's just been, he, he had been making a change over the last year. And, and now it was intersecting with what God was wanting to do spiritually. And they just talked about, uh, he was sharing with me how they just went all in. They fasted the whole three days, praying, believing, meeting God. And they were like, it was like God met us and we just heard God begin to speak so clearly to us about what he has in store for us and for our family. And so it's just exciting and I love it. And, and you may be going, well, you know, Pastor Chris, I'm, I'm, you know, I've been around prepare. You know, okay, that's awesome. I love hearing the stories about people. It's their first time. God met them where they were at. They started hearing God. But I also think of, of stories of those who've been a part of prepare. Some of you, you kind of, you're, you're like wily old veterans when it comes to prepare. I kid you not, there's some of you in here. I, I talk to you, like you already, like you start planning about your, like your fast. But sometimes, some of y'all put as much preparation into the meal you're going to eat after you fast as you do the actual life. You're like, oh, we're going to do this. We're gonna. There was a couple, I, I kid you not, there was a family. I was leaving Wednesday night. They were in their car. They had brought their food with it. It's like a whole event. It's like an experience that they had. They were, they were ready to go. But I think about Chris and Janelle Buck. You know, Chris and Janelle moved from California uh, it was uh, really about a year and a half ago. It was about the same time Wendy and I moved to McKinney. And they knew nobody. Again, looking to get connected, looking for spiritual family, looking, where do I belong? Where can I be a part? They came to Milestone. Since then, they have hopped in. They, they've gone through 101. They serve on the weekend. They've been in 301. And so this, she was actually sharing with me. She's like, this is our third prepare. You know, so their first prepare was was this past like this time last year. And so she was talking about how they had uh, her, her and Chris fasted for the very first time. They had never done anything like that before. And they were praying for their son. Her son to her son still live in California, praying for her son that God would begin to soften his heart. He'd be open to the things of the Lord. And so uh, she, she said that slowly we've seen him just kind of open up. And then we had fall prepare, which we normally don't do. But with everything with COVID, we did a fall prepare. She said we were believing for him again, just praying, believing God would work on his heart, work on his life. He came for Thanksgiving to visit. She said he came to service. He's in college. He came to service on his own. She said, I can see God slowly starting to work in his heart and his life. Here's what excites me about that story is that it's not going to be long as she keeps believing her and Chris keep believing and praying for him that one day the, 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 the end of that story is going to be he surrendered his life to Jesus and is serving him today. That's where it goes. And so she said this prepare was amazing because she said, I've always known God loved me, but I've never, I, I've never heard his voice. I've never heard him speak to me. I've never, I felt like I've never really heard... But this past prepare, I heard him speak to me very clearly about what he has in store for me. I'm excited about 2021 and seeing those things come to pass. Listen, that's what happens in moments like this 
it prepared. And I know you may be hearing some of that. You weren't here prepared. You may be hearing that thought. You're like, man, fasting and praying. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go somewhere else where they eat. Can I go then? You know, it's like, I don't know about fasting. Like, that may seem, but I just want you to know whether you're at prepare or not, you're praying and believing for something. You may have been praying for something this past week. And I don't know. God may answer that this week. God may answer that next month. It may be five, six months from now. It may be a year or two from now. But here's what I know. Last week at Prepare, that's the intentionality of planting the seeds of what you believe God is going to do and the harvest you're going to reap in the time to come. That's why we do what we do. That's why we take time to do what we do. And it's, it's all about growth. That's our heart for you. That's my heart for you is I want to see you grow. I want to see, and, and when you think about seeds, you go, okay, well, why are we talking about seeds? Why seeds? What's the importance of that? And, and why are we doing all that? You know, seeds is a biblical principle. It's something that you look at and, and you can look all throughout the word of God and you can see how God is working and moving and you can see the things that he's doing. And so I want you to open up your Bible, Genesis chapter 8. Verse 22, we're going to get there in just a little bit. But the, the whole premise on why, why seeds? Why are we talking about Because we want to see you grow. Because we want to take the time, and, and like I shared last week, to intentionally set out a path to see you grow. Regardless of how old you are, how experienced you are, how long you've been serving the Lord, we all can grow. Regardless of how long you've been serving the Lord, we all can grow. And so we're setting out a time to intentionally, and even this time together with, with, with this series, is intentionally taking time to see you grow in your relationship with God. Now, when you think about growth, when you think about planting things, I don't know about you, some of you in here, maybe you have a green thumb. Anyone in here have a green thumb? I'm just going to be honest, Wendy and I, not so much. You know, if you're ever like, hey, can you like plant sit? I don't know if that's a thing, but if you did, if, if, we're, if we're taking care of your plants for like a day or two, they'll probably be all right. Because, you know, I mean, they can probably sustain us tending to them for a day or two. But if it's longer than like three days, I mean, it's a 50-50 chance you're going to get back something dead, okay? I'm just going to be honest. It's like, I don't know. It's like, I mean, it's like some people, it's like, you know, you got all this stuff. You're into it. You're into growing things. You're in. It's like, can I just get the like, I just want a, I just want a cucumber. I just, can I go to the store and just get a cucumber? Like, all I want is a cucumber. I mean, it's like, man, you got to take the seed and you got to put it in the right soil. I didn't know you had to be like a chemist to understand how to plant things. Does it have the right nitrogen and does it have this and that? I'm like, what? What are we talking about? Like, it's a seed. It's dirt. Water it. Now, where's my cucumber? Like, those are like I just go to Walmart and get a cucumber. Man, I got to, like, plant this and I got to tend it. Like, some of you, not me. I'm not, I'm not into that. I like to think I could be because I like that kind of stuff. But, I mean, let's be honest. I, I'm not good at that. I'm just not. I'm not. And, and maybe you're that way. You, maybe you have a green thumb and you're awesome. Maybe you're not. Maybe you're like, man, I don't want to play. I'm going to Walmart because I just kill everything. And you think about that premise. Maybe in your own life, you're thinking about the seeds that you've planted in your own life. You're thinking about the promises and the things that you want to see God do in your own life. And you feel like every time you put your hand to something, it seems like there's death and destruction. Like, what is happening? But I'm just telling you that God has something greater in store for you. And it doesn't have to be that way anymore. It doesn't have to be that way in your life. It doesn't have to be that way in the things that God has called you to. So seeds, you think about what is this? Why seeds? Why so important? Because we want to see you grow. I, I want to see you walk in the fullness of the things that God has for you. And in fact, today, I'm going to ask you to do two really specific things. I'm going to make it very basic and general. We're going to lay out this premise. But I want you to do two things. One is I want you to get a guide. 
I want you to get a guide. I want you on your way out to your left. There's a table. All of these guides. And I'm just telling you, the team put all sorts of time and energy into it. I mean, there's like perforated prayer cards at the back that go along with each day. Okay. I mean, super intentional. If you were here for our United series and you thought that book was like, uh, this is like next level. I'm just telling you that we, we are going, we want to intentionally help you grow. And, and, and listen, we, like we start today, small groups don't begin for another two weeks. They'll, they'll begin at the end of the day. You say, well, why do that? Because we know you, we know you. Because it takes about two weeks, even though I'm talking to you about it, and we've been setting it up about two weeks in and be like, oh, we're doing a seed small. Oh, can I get in a small group? Yeah, we've been going for two weeks now, you know. So we said, okay, that's why we do an intro week. And then we even do an intro to the intro week because we go and, hey, we're just going to make sure you get it in you. But, but here, we've listened to you. You're like, Pastor Chris, I got a guide. You know, you told me we're starting up, but, you know, you're doing an intro week. But where's the intro week? I went, there's a, so we decided we're going to put intro weeks into the guide so you can actually start following along in your guide starting this week and unpack what we're talking about today. So it starts today. We'll start small groups, and that leads to the second thing. Here's what I'm asking you to do. Join a group. Join a group. Sign up for a group. There is a group for you. Your season of life, your age, I understand. You're going, I don't know anybody in that group. Hi, my name is Chris. Good to meet you. You can come to my group. Just kidding. You're like, really? You know, I'll be like, I'm going to pass Chris's group. Listen, you may not know somebody, but you just might. But what could happen if you just planted a seed of faith and hope and you stepped out and you joined a group? Watch where God just might meet you if you do. I'm just asking you. And I'm excited to see. I don't know when it will happen. Look, it's kind of like those infomercials. You ever see those infomercials? It's kind of like money back guarantee. Normally $39.99 slash to $15.99. But if you buy now, we'll give you two free ones. And if you don't like it, send it back. And I'm like, okay, this is like, I'm just telling you, it's like money back guarantee. Somewhere along this journey, God's going to meet you. God's going to speak to you. And he's going to impact your heart, your life, your family, your marriage, your children. If you will just step out. And just walk on this journey together. It's why we intentionally take the time to go, hey, let's take these next steps. So today, I want to make it just real simple. I want to set up the premise. I want to, I want to give an understanding. And I, and I want us to look in the book of Genesis. And really, you could start just at the very beginning to understand where does this concept, this idea of seeds even come from? It's a biblical principle. It's, a, it's, it's, it's biblical in how it's designed. So let's look Genesis chapter 1. It even starts chapter 1, verse 11 and 13. It says that God created all of the trees, the plants, the vegetation. He spoke that into existence. You continue to read in chapter 1. And then in verse 29, he does this. He actually partners with Adam. And he tells Adam, he says, Adam, I'm going to give you the responsibility to care for the plants and the trees. What's he doing? He's saying, I want you to cooperate with me. I want you to be a part of what I have in store for you. We're going to talk about this a little bit more. But this is so important. You see, the world starts with success. God's word starts with stewardship. He's saying, how are you going to steward what I want to give you? What I, what I want to entrust to you. And so we're going to look and I, and I ask Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. I want to show you this principle that kind of guides where we're going today. Genesis chapter 8, verse 22 says, As long as the earth endures seed time and harvest, 
cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. Now, think of that premise, never cease. That means we're never getting away from this. This principle is going to continue. It's never going to cease. Now, oftentimes, if you've heard or read this scripture, sometimes seed time and harvest, a lot of times that's tied towards giving and, and money and things like that. And that principle may be there, and it is there, but I want you to understand even more so there's a greater principle. I want us to look at the principle. Actually, there's a principle as you look at God's word. It's called the law of first mention. When you start seeing where is the first time it's mentioned in the word, Here's the thing, is actually before this in chapter 7, there's a story of a man named Noah. Many of you know him. Great flood is coming. God has Noah get the animals two by two on this thing called an ark. Massive floods coming, going to destroy everything. But in this conversation that God's having with Noah, there's this moment where he actually tells Noah to gather up all of the seed. Why? Because there is a seed time and harvest that is coming, and it will never cease. It will never cease. We're not going to get away from this. You know, it's interesting. I saw an article this past week. There's actually in Norway near the Arctic Circle, there is this doomsday bunker has 933,000 different seeds right here, right here. So just in case there's an apocalypse and everything don't worry, they're here. So if there is the apocalypse and you can find your way to the Arctic Circle, no problem. There's 933,000 seeds right there for you. Here's what's interesting as I was reading that article. You know what their biggest challenge is? Keeping the seeds from growing. You want to know why? Because the seed is going to do what it was designed to do. You were designed to grow. You were designed to grow. God's saying, I want you to grow. I'm calling you to grow. There's this principle of seed, time, and harvest. So why are we talking about seeds? Why? Well, first and foremost is this, is seeds are important to God. It's a biblical principle. It's biblical. It's why we're going to use this as the, the starting block, the launching pad for all that we're going to discuss and all that we're going to talk about. But here's, here's another reason. As you look throughout the word, the three most common nouns, the first two are God and people. The third most common noun is tree. Well, where do trees come from? It's not a trick question. <laughs> Seeds. You're like, is this like the, is it what came first, the chicken or the egg? It, it's, not a, it's not a trick question. Where do trees come from? Seeds. So you think God's going, hey, there's this project. I'm talking about... I talk a lot about, there's a lot about God, a lot about people, a lot about trees, because there's this principle that ties to seeds. Jesus, Jesus loved parables, and many of his parables featured seeds, and we're going to talk about that. In fact, this whole process, I'm not going to get into it too much, because next week, we're going to talk about the process. What does that look like? What does the, the process of the seed look like? look like and, and why do we do that well here's the other thing is God calls his word a seed Isaiah 55 it says that his word that seed it will go forth and it will do what it was designed to do God's promise his word but here's the most important one I love the most is that his son Jesus is equated to a seed when you look in the book of John, it talks about, verse 24, it says that lest the seed falls to the ground and dies, it will not bear fruit. 
Jesus is healed. There is death in the soil of our lives. And it isn't until the seed of Jesus comes and brings life to transform who we are. You see, Jesus is the seed. The whole, the whole principle of seeds is centered around that key component, Jesus. Jesus and what happens when he comes in to our life. So, so why is this important? Why is it so important for us to understand this principle? You see, because again, it comes back to growth. All we have to do is plant and water, but here's God's promise. He makes it grow. God makes it grow. This isn't, and, and I want to make it very clear. I want you to understand, what we're talking about in seeds is not like a life hack. This isn't like, come to Milestone McKinney and learn the secret of the seed. It's just weird. There's no secret of the seed. This is a principle. This is a principle that we're going to unpack, a principle we're going to learn, a principle we're going to apply to our life. There's no secret of the seed. This is not a life hack. It, it's, it reminds me, I'm thinking of a, the, an article. If you read any business articles, you may have seen this. There are some news outlets that picked it up. There was a guy this past week, article about a, a developer out of San Francisco. Someone gave him, uh, I think it was like 7,000 Bitcoin back in 2011. So he put it on this hard drive before they had the, like these electronic wallets or whatever nowadays. He put it on this hard drive. Well, this hard drive is a special hard drive that you have to enter a password in in order to retrieve the contents. Well, the electronic uh, hard drive that he had that has it all in there and it's all, I don't know, all this encrypted stuff is designed that it only gives you 10 attempts to put in the password. Once you hit the 10th attempt, it basically like self-destructs. It like encrypts itself. You can never get it. Everything, whatever was on there is lost. Well, here's the thing. He's on his eighth try because he forgot his password. Oh, but it gets better. Because that 7,000 Bitcoin is now valued at $220 million, and the brother can't remember his password. All you folk, all you, all you people, if you have a, typically in a, in a, in a marriage, you know, one, one spouse is like, here's all the passwords. The other is like, I don't know my password. Or it's the same password for every single thing, okay? So you don't forget it. It's like this guy, he's got like two tries up. But here's what was interesting. Here's what he said. He said, the thing about Bitcoin is it's decentralized. So it's like there's no banking, there's no regulation, there's no uh, firm, there's nothing that regulates it. Whereas normally if you forgot your password, what do you do? You just simply, get, you know, get, uh, you know, tech support or you get customer service and they tell you, hey, here's your password. They get you back in. He said, there's none of that. He said, it's you. You're it. And so if you lose it, then it's gone. Well, here's what I want you to know. That's not how God works with you because sometimes that's how you feel in life. Man, I only got 10 tries, and if I lose it, it's going to self-destruct. No, no, no. His word. You take his word, and you begin to see how it applies to your life, and you begin to see how it works, and you begin to understand the principle that there's no secret password that you have to know. This is simply understanding the principle of the seed and what it does in our own life as we apply it. That's why we're talking about it. That's why it's so important. You see, what I want you to get is this. The principle of the seed is meant to create connection and cooperation with God. It goes back to what we talked about with Adam. It's connection and cooperation. There's a part that we play. 
We plant, we water, we plant, we water. Who gives the increase? God. God makes it grow. God gives the increase. But we have to do our part. Are we going to steward what he's entrusted to us? Are we going to plant seeds? And are we going to plant well? Are we going to plant wise? And are we going to allow him to make those things grow? Are we going to cooperate with him? Are we going to see that the seed really ties into the potential that we have? It ties into the potential. See, I love potential because when you think about potential, that means there's opportunity for something. I love when I meet new people and I, it's just kind of how I'm wired. It's how God wired me. I'll meet people and I'll connect with people and I'm always thinking about how can I help them? I want to I, I coach you up. I want to help you. If I can personally help you, if I can connect you with someone that can help you I, because there's potential in you and I want to see you win. I want to see you win in life. I want to see you win in your relationship with God. I want to see you win in your marriage. I want to see you win with your, your kids. I want to see young people win and make their relationship with God personal. Because I know what it was like not experiencing that. I want to see you win. So there's potential. There is so much potential in a seed. But will we cooperate with God to see it grow? That's really the question. So, so why would we tie potential to seeds? Well, the first is this, that a seed has potential whether you plant it or not. A seed has potential whether you plant it or not. There's potential locked up in a seed. And whether that thing gets planted or not, it's still there. So if you're looking at something in your own life and you're going, man, I'm just not where I want to be. I don't see it happening. There is still potential in there. It's not over yet. It's not over. But a seed requires the right environment to realize its potential. It's why we intentionally take times like this. You need the right environment. I think of Psalms 1. The, the tree planted by the streams of living water, what does it do? It bears fruit in due season. Its leaves will not wither. Everything they put their hand to will prosper. It, it's the right environment. Are you in the right environment? If you're going, man, I'm planting seed, but I'm not seeing things come. Well, is it the right environment? Have you planted it in the right area? It needs the right conditions, and it, and it needs all of those things that play into it. But here's the other thing. The seed requires time. To reach its potential. Time. That's the hard part. Patience. There are things in your life that you feel like, man, I just haven't seen come to pass yet. There are things in your life that you think are dead, but they're not dead yet. They're just delayed. Because that's the other thing. That's the last thing when it comes to potential. You see, when you think about a seed and you think about potential, some seeds lay dormant while others flourish and grow. We can get dialed into and wrapped up on what everyone else is doing and how everyone else is growing and what God may be doing. And I just want to encourage you, what you think is dead isn't dead. You think, well, I don't have that green thumb. I just kill and destroy everything I put my hand to. It seems like it never works. No, 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 no. Just know there's a seed. There's potential there. It's not dead. It may just be delayed and be patient in that process and watch what God might do. Just watch how he may work in your life. There's so much potential in your life. There's so much potential that God has in store for you. And what I really want you to focus on, I, I want to take and, and, and really dial into this last aspect of over our next just few minutes together when it comes to potential. This is what I really want us to focus on. You know, when you think about potential, how do you reach your potential? How do you get there? Why is it that some people reach their potential and other people don't? It, it's fascinating to me. 
like when you start thinking about it, some people think, well, they reached their potential because, you know, they had a leg up on, you know, they had, you know, a hand up to something. They, they, they were, it was the right, this, that, or the other. No, no, no. Oftentimes people that reach their potential, they actually have more challenges than anyone else. But they pressed in because even when you think about the process of seeds and what they go through, what they experience, it's pressure. It's pressure. It's the challenges. You see, I just want you to have this one key thought. I want to leave you with this thought, and I want you to think about this, is don't think about the end result. It's all about what you focus on. I want you to focus on the seed, not the fruit. You see, if you're going to reach your potential, focus on the seed, not the fruit. Now, I understand some of you go, well, wait, wait a minute. Help me with that. I thought, you know, you should build with the end in mind and, and you got to have vision. No, no, no. I, I get that. And you need that. That's all part of the process. And we'll talk about that tomorrow. But we're talking about potential. There's, uh, uh, we'll talk about that next week. But today we're talking about potential. We're talking about, look, I want you to see that if you'll focus on the seed rather than the fruit, that's going to help you take your next step. Just enjoy the process. You think about people that really love planting things. Not me, but maybe you. I've got that green thumb. You know what I notice about them? They just like the whole process. I just want the cucumber. They're like, I like to till the soil. And then I like you put in the nutrients and this and you put in the seed and then you watch it grow and you tend to it. And it's, I'm like, no, 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 wait, give me the cucumber. They like the process. They're not focused on the end result. They're focused on the whole process. They, they, it's the seed, the seed. You think about people that, 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 that win a lot of football games. You think about sports and athletics. You talk to them. It's not just simply, oh, I like winning the game or I like winning the championship. They like the whole thing. They like the whole process of what's going on. And so you reach your potential when you understand that, hey, it's not just about the end result. We get dialed in in the end result. My marriage isn't where it needs to be. My kids aren't where they need to be. My life isn't where I want it to be. And we're dialed into the end result and we forget, wait, 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 there's potential inside of us. If we'll focus on the seed. You see, this principle plays out even when it comes to a seed. You see, because you take a seed, and what do you do with a seed? Well, seed's just a seed until you plant it. And you put it in the ground, and then you give it water. And then it gets sun, and it turns into a sapling, and then it goes from a sapling, and over time, what does it do? It grows into a, a full tree. Well, the same thing happens in our own life, but this is, this is what it looks like when it happens in our own life. It starts as a thought and turns into an idea. And then that idea become beliefs. Beliefs become actions. And actions turn into results. You see, this process is what we all walk through. There's so much life lived right here in this process. Starts with a thought, becomes an idea, then turns into a belief, turns into actions and then results. But I want you to know this process in life, it's biblical in nature. James chapter 1. When you look at James chapter 1, verse 14 and 15, it says, But each person is tempted when they're dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then, after the desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. There is a process here. 
We're looking and going, how did I end up where I ended up? Well, it started as a thought, became an idea, turned into a belief, resulted in actions, and now we have results and we end up with what we have. And so there's this process that we're on. You see, all of it is rooted there, but it all starts with the seed. It all starts with the seed. You know, I'm reminded of a story. I'm, I'm reminded of just times with our girls, Camden specifically, as she's getting older, but I'm reminded of something that I learned about Wendy and I both actually about 11 or 12 years ago. And uh, we were in Northern California and working with young people. Um, we had learned this principle probably a year prior to this, and it's called the journey of transition. And so when you're a parent, there are times where you're doing your best to plant things into your children, right, to, to, to stick with seeds and planting, and you're, you're wanting to plant things. Well, there's a process that you're on. And so it talks about this process, and it talks about the first part of this process in your relationship with your children, and, and the way they equate it is they call it, you're, you're, you're a cop, but you got to go from cop to coach. You're policing what they do, and you're asking for first-time obedience, and you're, 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 you're going, don't do that, and, and you're going, they ask you the, the infamous question, why, and you say what every parent says. Oh, okay, all right. We all went to the same school. We probably all had the same parents. You know, it's amazing. Where did that come from? Why? Because I said so. But you start learning something, and this is what was so powerful about that process that Wendy and I were learning. Now, mind you, when we were in Northern California, Wendy was pregnant with our oldest, And so you, you think about this process and they talk about the transition that needs to happen from where you're going, hey, do what I'm telling you to do to, hey, I want to coach you and help you and have a relationship with you. They say it's typically around 10 or 11 years old. But when you and I started realizing as we've walked with young people and walked with teenagers, as we've helped parents and now we're about to be parents, that there's a, there's a moment in your relationship where do what I'm telling you to do because I said so isn't going to work. Not if you want to have a, a re great relationship with your children. Now, some of you, I want you to understand something. You're hearing what I'm saying. You're going, well, I don't have kids, so this doesn't relate to me. No, no, no. I want you to get the principle. You see, what happened was Wendy and I started realizing that we need to change what we're planting at certain seasons in our relationship with our children. Because if we don't change what we're planting, we're not going to end up producing what we want. We got to change from going, just do what I'm telling you to do, to now I want to help coach you. So I want you to understand the premise that is here is you have to begin to change what you're planting. You see, you're in a season of praying, God, I want you to work in my marriage. I want you to work in my life. I want you to work in my children. And it hasn't happened yet. And you're thinking, well, maybe I need to change what I'm praying. I don't think you need to change what you're praying. Maybe you need to change what you're planting. If you don't like the crop that you're getting and the result you're getting in your marriage, with your relationships, with your children, in your business, with your friends, with your coworkers, with your family, maybe you need to change what you're planting. And if you'll focus on the seeds that you're planting, the harvest that you're looking for is a foregone conclusion if you'll walk out the process. You see, we're looking for the end result. But we miss the importance of the potential and the seed that we're planting today. What are some of the seeds that you may need to change in your life? 
What are the things that you're planting that you're going, you know, I, I need to change what I'm planting. I, I, I'm planting negativity and frustration and I'm planting division. I don't even really realize it. I'm planting just do what I tell you to do. And I wonder why my teenager who has their own thoughts, wills, and emotions, and now they're 16, they got their own car, and they just kind of take off. What's happening? What do I do? Maybe I need to change what I'm planting. I don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not talking about you don't have guidelines or boundaries, and there's not consequences for choices that people make. But here's what I love about God. In our own life, as well as sometimes in our kids' lives, he's bigger than our stupidity. I mean, just call it what it is. And because of his love, if we begin to recognize those things, because of his grace, we can change the things we're planting and begin to see the things that we want to see come to pass, come to pass.